Welcome everyone to another episode of Everything Imaginable. I am your host, Gary Cacciolillo. And before we get started, I want to thank all my listeners for listening and also thank the contributors to my show, who are executive producers Candice Sanderson, author of The Reluctant Messenger, and Ms. Aida, psychic and author of Hoodoo Cleansing Protection Magic, Damien Keller, binaural production engineer, author of Sounds Good, Sounds Great, and monthly co-host Jared Murphy, author of It's Not Aliens, It's Worse, It's Us. If you are interested in becoming a contributor to this podcast, go to my website, everythingimaginable2020.com, and you'll find everything you need there. And now, without any further ado, this is sort of a special type of episode, and it's kind of a I put together a little couple guys who are practiced magic and have written books, and they both have been guests on my show before. We have Andrea Vitimus, and who is the author of some books on chaos magic, and Ben Kane, who has written *The Smokeless Fire*. Thanks for coming on, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so it's a pleasure to be here as always. Uh, appreciate uh, being a guest here. Yeah, I just thought it'd be a great idea to have the two of you because um, cause I've interviewed you both separately, and um, but there's a lot. You guys have a lot in common, in my opinion, and and I just thought it'd be great to to kind of hear some of this stuff that you guys would be bouncing off of each other. Um, so one of the things, like you know, maybe like a little bit introduction from each of you, you know, on on who you are, what type of magic you practiced, and um, and how you got into it. And um, I'll start with Andrea. So, uh, you know, I've been doing magic for 20 years. I, I hate the word eclectic, but that's what it comes down to. I mean, that chaos magic usually tends to go that way. Um, since I don't really let the system bind, bind me or systems bind me in that way, um, so I try to basically, I have a, by day I'm a data scientist and that's strange, right? To say, oh, everyone's like, you're a mathematician, basically a data scientist. But yeah, I actually believe 100% that you can get statistical value or statistical results of magic. And you can actually show that you can get results in most situations. Like maybe not the results you expect, but at least there's a noticeable a change that you can measure. Um, and I've kind of been pursuing that and advocating for that as opposed to kind of uh, as kind of as opposed to just in general, like having experiences that you can actually get physical, tangible results and you can measure that and you can start recording that. And if you do that, you generally won't have a situation where it's all in your head or that you can easily just discount. Uh, the level of coincidences that happen. Uh, so, I mean, right now, I mean, I know, the type of magic I do is like depends, but uh, look, you know, we all do the Goetia, you know, you know, kind of paradigms that I made myself, those kind of things right now. And, you know, of course, it never hurts to do a little bit of color here. Uh, that, that stuff just is fun. <laughs> and how about you, Ben? Um, I, you know, I've been practicing magic on and off, I guess, you know, since I was really started off when I was a teenager. Uh, I, excuse me, had grown up in a, uh, in a Judeo-Christian Catholic, uh, kind of upbringing. 
or I was baptized Catholic. I remember, I actually remember being baptized at three uh, in, in Catholicism. And then my, my parents divorced and uh, my mother went very Christian. And so I kind of followed that, went to like, you know, Christian camps and, and everything else that they had. Um, but, you know, as, as it wasn't a real strict uh, religion that, that was in the house, you know, so I, I kind of got to be able to explore my own uh, reality, my own, my own self. And, uh, you know, I, I started looking into magic and, and found, you know, when I was a kid, I, I, I it's a teenager, went to the bookstore and picked up several different, uh, you know, books on Wicca or Celtic magic, Egyptian magic, but nothing really actually stuck i like i there were things about each that i really uh meshed with and and really resonated with but then as, as a whole it just didn't work for me um and it's funny because back then i didn't realize what i was doing but it, it, i had combined a lot of these different things and, and the things that did resonate with me uh into one kind of uh practice that i that i that i you know would, would practice every month um with that dealt with the moon actually uh, and then I, you know, as I got older, I kind of stepped away. Life got a little crazy for me. Uh, and then I, in my older years, I, uh, I came back to it and really started looking at it as an adult um, and kind of took off from there. I had access to a lot of uh, a lot of grimoires, a lot of uh, writings. So I really started delving in deep in that regard. But, you know, I, I'm one of the people that it's, it's hard for me just to believe that people said things or put things on the ground and things just happened. Um, I, I had to fully believe in magic and what it entailed. And in order for me to do that, I had to find a basis in this reality, um, which I did. I, I you know, started, I figured, you know, if, if this exists, if this is a force within this reality, then it must exist within, within quantum physics, the base of reality. You know, I started looking into quantum physics and lo and behold i did indeed find magic there um i don't like the term magic it, it it alludes to i don't know how it happened it must have been magic um i believe that there's definitely i mean much like you know andreas said here is, is there's a process there's a there's a process to this even if we don't understand it uh or or, or can see it there's something that's going on in the background that creates this change so you know, I, that's that's how I kind of got into it and really started looking at it um, in a, as an as an adult, um, and then moving on from there, and you know, penning my own work and whatnot from that point. But uh, it's been an interesting journey for sure. Interesting. Like I, I know for me personally, like it started out as a curiosity when I was young. You know, I started reading tarot cards and things like that, and also for me, like. I don't know. It was the 80s, so heavy metal music was around. and that, All that stuff about Aleister Crowley and stuff like that got me interested. And um, But I would say like when I was younger, like for me, I was looking for instant results. You know, I just wanted to be able to say a couple magic words and have something go boom. You know, I wasn't willing to, you know, spend time in meditation and cleansing myself and, and focusing intention and putting together different charts of correlations that might be specific to a, a type of energy that would want to get a result. You know, it wasn't until I became much older until I became willing to do those things. But you both point out one thing is, is magic is really is, I think, a science because, you know, in, in, in actually even in the early times of magic, magic, is really probably the earliest form of science. 
I mean, what people don't realize is that most of our sciences come from what would be considered magic. I mean, that's just the simple truth. Alchemy leads to chemistry and alchemy leads to physics. That was basically proto-science. The scientific method actually comes from occult studies and spiritual studies. Now, everyone nowadays is sort of forced that from that original context that they would actually think, oh, that's not true, but it is historically true. Even in the United States, most of the founding fathers of the country were Masons, and they were actually, some were alchemists. They were trying to actually study the material uh, world in a logical fashion and explain some things that nowadays we kind of just said, oh, I mean, in both cases, it's like they kind of said, oh, yeah, there's no such thing as this spirit stuff. That That isn't the original context of science at all. And psychology is a whole field. And most of the social sciences can derive back to a lot of kind of oracle work that is mental change work that even in Greece they were starting to talk about. But the context is removed from the spiritual context. It doesn't mean those methods didn't originally come from there, it, but they did. It's just everyone now kind of got away from that. And now we're left with either magic is this imaginary state that doesn't have any grounding reality or it doesn't exist. That dichotomy has just kind of been, I think, it's just not the way it works for magicians. Like, I think we're actually trying to bridge that gap and return back to that kind of like, well, why did we throw away the baby with the bathwater in this case? Um, there was still stuff we cannot, there's stuff that science will have problems explaining. Science has a general tendency, actually it's not science, it's it's probably the culture has a general tendency. As soon as they can explain it, they remove it from the box of magic into the box of science. That's just, you know, kind of co-opting in a way. It, it doesn't take away from what was originally there. It's kind of like, because you have a reasonable explanation now it's science and it, it doesn't apply to these things anymore. It's out of that box. Uh, it's just completely arbitrary in a lot of ways. I mean, I, I completely agree, you know, but I find it interesting now that, you know, it, it's like almost like science is catching up with magic, <laughs> ironically, you know, and like what you said, it's magic until it's proven to be a science and then it's, oh, it's a science, you know. Um, <clears throat> and again, we see this within quantum physics where you're looking at, you know, as, as a great example, sympathetic magic, um, which is the same thing as quantum entanglement. You know, now it's, it's considered entanglement. Now it's a science, but before I've been, this has been practiced for thousands of years. You know, you, you have somebody's hair or you have something uh, that belongs to them, part of them, and you, you put your intent and energy towards either baneful or, or uh, helpful rights, uh, for them. And you will get result because they're connected. Uh, and, and so it's like, we, this has been going on forever, but now it's a science because it's been proven. You know, and we're seeing this more and more in, in different things, you know, like the double slit experiment, as an example, is, is something absolutely amazing to me, um, showing that, you know, we, there's reality doesn't even exist until there's an observer, you know, and, and so there's a lot that goes into that is a huge amount that goes into that being intent, um, 
what is reality? What, where are we? How can, how much control do we have over this? But again, you know, magic is not magic. It is a science. Uh, we're kind of out here on the frontier, uh, the wild west, if you will, experimenting with this, with this science, uh, seeing what results we get, seeing what uh, methods work the best. You know, a lot of this was done in, in religious, uh, religious organizations or through, through different systems of magic. Um, but it's like with chaos magic, it's taking it a little bit farther. It's taking it more into the scientific realm, <laughs> realm rather than the religious. Uh, it's taking the, the core concepts or the, the science from that and taking the mythology and putting it aside and using that technology as a science to actually get result. Uh, you know, like I said, a lot of, a lot of what you just said makes sense as far as like, uh, statistics, you know, like there's a, there's a book called, uh, our mathematical universe, you know, that, that talks about these statistics. It talks about where we are and, you know, it, it's a real interesting concept is, you know, that, that comes, that leads into the, you know, the, in the holographic universe theory, you know, so, there's a, there's a lot that's connected here. Um, but it's, to me, it's definitely a science. Absolutely. Wow. I, I think, I, I mean, like, and I, that's part of it, too. Like, it, it's right. Like, chaos magic really kind of puts aside, like, the religious aspects because we'll, you know, well, I mean, in a lot of ways, we can talk about the religious aspects outside of politics is not a discussion you can have. You have to discuss politics in relation to the religions like Absolutely. and control structures and social structures and all that so like we're we cannot divorce all those things or at least we have to acknowledge them uh, it isn't like and a scientist would do that that's exactly what science would say or the real scientific methods it's like you got to look at these other factors like what are people's motivations in some of these religions even religions that i might actually work with um but i, I don't necessarily always work with them inside of the context of the purely religious and right. time and time and time and time and time and time you know we could go on and on and on but time and time again you have the religious aspects of that you have the magical aspects of various cultures and then you have like both the here's the official party line and then there's the undercurrent of what people do on the streets and they're not usually the same as far as here's this shamans on the street get this kind of result but the official religion says this and because those people are actually trying to get results versus control we can't really separate even a lot of our historical information from from the actual politics culture and religion that actually establishes how those were created or why it's not like you know when we take a purely when we start looking at things from an analytical scientific view, we start going, oh, okay, yes, yeah, that totally makes sense. But when you, you put a sort of sacred cow on a, 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 a pillar of height, you can't have those kind of discussions anymore. Like, people will get emotional about the identity. And that's by design. Like, right. and that's part of the, yeah, that's part of, that, that's a big part of the issue. Like, this is why magic is either, fantastical or forget about it or it's also i mean it's either fantastical and whimsical it doesn't exist or it's fanatical because people will not be able to have these discussions that we can't really look at the politics and all the other factors that created a system of magic of belief and 
maybe that's not actually what's going on. Like that, that's fundamentally, maybe that's an expression that allows you to move the levers around because there's, we both agree. Absolutely. That something is going on. You can get results and it, it will happen. Now we might have different methods, although I suspect probably not too different, but uh, you know, we have totally different methods, but we can still agree the levers are getting moved and there's coincidences that happen. And once you start, um, once you can't question that, then we get to where we're at uh, in, in the internet and within people, within branding, you know, within per cults of personalities, all of these things kind of come together and say, this adds to the fact of why, why we have this whole term of magic, which I, I mean, to go back to, depends earlier comment like i wish that term would go away like, right like like the term magic is like i mean to the point that people who seriously study practical magic you know a lot of people put the k on there right because they just are trying to differentiate from magic meaning the idea it's complete garbage <laughs> and it's stage trickery right Right. I mean, it, it's true. I mean, you're looking at like you're talking about political, you know, situations with religion. And it, it's it's I mean, every if you look at any kind of any country, really, it's all founded upon religion. You know, it's all founded upon this this magic. It's all founded upon these things Like you even like you said, our, our, our founding fathers here in, in the United States um, all came from this mystical kind of background, you know, and, and it, it's it's evident, even though it's not necessarily right in our face. You know, it's, it's everywhere around us um, and it's built on these things. But again, you know, like looking at you say, you know, there's, there's it's always been this spirituality versus science, you know, magic versus science. And it's ridiculous to me um, as to me, they are the same thing. You know, they're they're one in the same. And the problem with this is people are trying to take the spiritual out of the science. You're trying to separate these things. And it's actually one thing, you know, like science isn't just science. I mean, we like, again, quantum physics, well, you'll get different results in different labs because this, the, the observer is different than the other observer. You know, we're looking at something that is on a personal level here um, that we have influence over, over our realities. And so, you know, it's not just a one plus one equals two kind of equation with science. Um, there's a spiritual side to this. And that, that to me, when you brought up alchemy, that screams that, you know, alchemy was a, was a science, but it was also a spirituality. They, they were combined. They, they, they had, they were, one could not exist without the other. And that I believe has been lost now in, in this current age. Um, it's just, you're looking at numbers, you're looking at statistics, but there's a whole side of this that's, that, it needs to be implemented it needs to be uh integrated into this so that we can have a full full view of this a whole a whole uh complete picture if you will are, so, are we kind of one, talking about like the anima mundi like the, that would that be considered like the spiritual part of the science that would be missing i mean i yeah, I would say that, that that would that would definitely be something that needs to be incorporated into this. You know, it, it's it's a, it's I it's, I think it just comes down to the person and how you know. To me, okay, you know, like Andreas said, is it says you know, like um, we might have different ways of doing things, 
but we get the same result. Um, and, you know, I've said it before. It's like you can ask a magician or 15 magicians how to do something and they're going to all give you different answers. That doesn't mean that any one of them is wrong. Uh, and, and that's the thing. We're looking for an absolute truth in this. And there isn't an absolute truth because everybody has what I consider their own personal reality grid or their own personal reality, how they affect their reality. Yeah. Um, and, I think. If, if I was going to say, go ahead, go, go ahead. ahead. Yeah. I was going to say, we can literally look at one term, one scientific term to show this all in practice, and that's placebo. Like the way drugs are actually approved, which people don't actually, if they actually knew how drugs get approved in most countries, they might actually be a little horrified uh, or, or not. But one thing that consistently happens no matter what you do is in trial after trial after trial if you have a placebo group which is somebody who got no medicine they always with 100 percent success have some people have they get results right no drugs whatsoever like and it's always 25% or more in every study that usually gets positive results for conditions that should not be fixable in any reasonable scientific construct. They should not be able to improve without medicine. And yet, time and time and time again, they basically test whether a drug's effectiveness is based on whether it's greater than the people who have a placebo effect. What people don't understand with this concept is there is always, and it is usually 25% more or 25% or more that happens that people get improvement with no drugs whatsoever. And science generally discounts that, right? They poo-poo that, but literally, if we take the term magic out of everything, we're already in the realm of magic. Right. <laughs> wow. I had no idea that the placebo effect was 25%. Uh, that's probably an estimation, but usually that's that's what it seems like a lot of times. Wow. It's definitely a good analogy. I mean, I 100% I agree with that. It's, it's again, but that comes down to the individual and what our beliefs are, our intents, you know, and, and it's, we can heal ourselves, we can change things. Um, but it's all about having that 100% belief, which, you know, it's like when you go into a ritual, you go into magic, it's said, you know, when you do a right, do it as if it's already been done. Do it as if you That's already have the result. You know, don't go in saying, I hope this works. Maybe this will work. Don't have the doubt. You have doubt within your own magic. Your magic isn't going to work. You have to believe in this situation. You have to believe it fully. And if, if and a lot of people believe that they can't do it, but somebody in a, in a doctor's suit can. You know, if they're wearing a, some kind of a authoritarian uh, suit or, or name tag or badge or something and they do it, well, then surely it will work and, and they believe it and it happens. Um, <laughs> but I mean, that just goes back to, again, how, you know, how moldable is, is our reality? You know, it, it, we seem to have a, a huge effect and not only over ourselves, but over our circumstances that we're not even fully aware of. 
And, I, you know, with magic, I think that's the idea is to, like, understand this as much as we can and push this forward. Um, it, you know, this brings me to another thing. I think that, you know, a lot of religions repress this. They, they see this. They've known this, that we have the ability to actually change something, but they don't want you to do that. They want to keep you repressed. They want to keep you down uh, in control. Uh, I think that's one of the major reasons why magic has been suppressed, why it is considered a, a negative aspect is because it gives the people control rather than being controlled by an institution uh, or religious organization. And the politics aspect of it, like, actually, I think that's probably why chaos magicians got a lot of the hate initially because we're like, yeah, your social structures don't matter. I mean, when chaos <laughs> magic comes around, like, it's basically when Wicca is... That's all there is of Wicca and, you know, um, but I mean, essentially is that's again, a claim against uh, politics, right? It's saying for real magic, this matters only in the area that it gets you a belief of fact, like this is otherwise noise. And I like the term noise. It's noise. Disbelief is noise and social um, kind of aspects that prevent expressions, certain expressions of uh, magic, like, you know, I, mean, I, I know Ben wrote a book of smoke is fire. There's lots of Wiccans who will refuse to read it because why it's too dark, right? That's an, it's a limitation. It's a political, uh, it's a political restriction. Like people wouldn't think of that as politics, but it is group cultural political norms. And right. that, that's not at all, what's talking about the underlying mechanism or what's going on there. Or even if you worked, even if you worked those things, it might not be um, so dark in practice. It just, because it has an allure of dark, uh, which is a style concern and style concerns are often what is uh, there. And Ben's absolutely right. Most religions start from the premise that, more or less that you know if you didn't get what you asked for when you prayed it's because god or gods or the spirits denied you uh they just it's not part of your karma your fate right magicians are basically uh, i wouldn't say they're anti-fate but pretty much that they are like magicians are change agents like trying to understand and get past fate and usually more often than not, the issue isn't God, karma, it's it's us, it's the politics or something else that is holding back the results. And usually that's stuff where it's much easier just to do that. Just the priest says it's, it's not possible and that's, that's it. Much harder to make it happen with all the analysis and figure out, well, what am I doing wrong? You know, what am I doing part of that? And the, how am I not accessing the levers right or the mechanisms of, of how magic would work correctly for this? Those are all harder questions. It's much easier to get the answer of, uh, well, let's keep you down. Let's keep, let's, let's keep you in control, even within these religious contexts and inside of even subcultures and other groups. Let's, let's keep these certain tools down, like, because of, style concerns and image concerns that basically go back to politics. I mean, it, it, I mean, it sounds like, yeah, this is like 
oh uh, yeah people are like oh really it's like no what if you think about it, it is like that i mean the smaller level politics than whole cultures making religion but more often than not the expression of possible results are limited by all this it's like the, again you echoed in like the the sentiment don't take matters into your own hands let somebody else handle it let karma handle it let the the, uh, the police handle it let the government handle it um don't do it yourself it'll be fine uh and, and so it's that power struggle i believe that is really kind of where it's at where they don't want people to actually have power in their lives to control things on their own uh without needing the state without needing the political uh without needing the religion um you know and it it, it all comes down to that individual and what they believe of course but I, I think that it's really been taken away from the individual, that 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 power, that knowledge. Um, see, to me, it's like I look at it like magic. We have a personal reality grid. Each one of us has a, a grid or a, a bubble, if you will, that uh, we have beliefs. We have things we believe in. Uh, I, I might believe in something that you don't believe in. Both both beliefs are are, are valid. Um, you, it's your reality. It's my, I have my reality. Um, and this is why magic can be different from, from magician to magician. But it's like, um, with, with magic, it's idea of pushing enough energy, enough force, enough intent from your personal reality grid into what I call the consensual reality matrix, which is a reality we can all agree on. Um, anybody could walk into the room and say that we're having this conversation. It's a consensual, uh, reality. However, you know, that's the idea. It's almost seen as a, to me, it's almost like a, a virus, if you will. It's like uh, interjecting the consensual reality with your own intent, with your own want, with your own uh, manipulations, if you need, if need be said like that, uh, to, to have a better result or the best result possible in, in this reality. I love the virus analogy, <laughs> right? Because it is so easily kind of explains a lot of the issues magicians have right there is consensual reality if, if you put it into a virus context more not often but there are times at which there is resistance right a virus has resistance to taking over a system and that resistance you can break it down and start studying what the resistance is uh, more often than not it is the people who are closest to you uh your social circle you know whatever identities that you yourself have uh, grafted onto yourself uh, that all prevent the expression of that virus, as it were, like a change butterfly wing, as it were. It all prevents any expression, the full expression of that, and you have to work through that. Um, so I, I love that analogy of a virus because that's oftentimes that feels like what we're doing. We're trying to make a change to the system, and then we have all these different concentric circles that depending on where you're at will either try to work against it and most people when you make a change any change they do not like it because by subconsciously we do not like things changing <laughs> like right. that just the, our whole evolutionary design is to keep things as close to the same as possible because that's safe. It's easy. It requires the least amount of energy to maintain the status quo and then to make a change. So when we're talking about a virus, that's a change. 
right. uh, in an organism or a system, and that requires energy. And so the system wants to minimize the amount of energy actually change that actually is is going to deal with this. So if you have a um, going back to the belief thing, the belief idea, if you have 100% belief going in, you've reduced the noise and the transmission of that virus down a lot. And then you can basically, depending on, you know, all the different practices to actually build up will or chi or whatever you want to call it, it, it that, that those metaphors don't matter so much. But you've essentially built up some ability to actually project that virus with greater force, in which case the system has to react and usually does in the most minimal way to accommodate your changes. Now, I've often said that, you know, when we start talking about kind of magical results and, and the virus, like, you know, if you really get magical results, more often than not, the the hidden connection, the hidden uh, constraints are really what holds people back. And those are more often than not social. Like I've never heard, I've never seen anyone get real magical life changes without changing their whole social circle uh, and in radical ways. Like it's not just like you have the same group of friends. You can enchant successfully get a job, right? And the easiest way to make that happen, if we take the virus analogies further, is probably that you have different people in your life. Uh, and nobody wants, uh, it's kind of a hidden thing that always happens, but no one wants to kind of admit it, right? Because people don't want, if people don't want you to change, different systems don't want you to change, right? So the easiest way to do that is just change your whole environment. Like, and then in which case the magic works. More often than not, the magic might work and that change precipitates all this as well. Uh, so like I said, that virus analogy and like kind of like, is it, kind of a useful analogy because I mean, I mean, we're sort of still going through right. a virus. I mean, and so but what does that do? <laughs> I mean, what has that done? It has changed whole systems, right? right? So that's what magic does. It's like, it changes whole, it changes whole systems of interrelations of thought. It, it, it by itself, I mean, I hate to use the Nietzschean term that magicians are basically beyond good and evil, but they are because basically good and evil is a construct. And instead, we're do, the virus analogy fits. We're trying to actually make changes, and those changes have to be somehow somehow acclimated into this continue, you know, communal reality that we've accepted. Otherwise, I mean, they probably won't go anywhere. The changes won't. I mean, they might, but eventually everyone will come up with some sort of story that makes it part of the consensual reality. Right. Hmm. That was pretty heavy. <laughs> <laughs> So, so, so you were saying that, like, if we magic could change basically the world for everybody. I think it's more like a just a. It, it, I think when you do magical operations, everyone sort of. We all think of magic as as we do magic and we get results. That's what we want, but really, 
I think, again, like, I'm going back to the metaphor of that virus. I mean, really, there's a context there, like a spider's web. And that's what classical, like, African mythology and some classical Hindu mythology, they don't quite describe it as a spider web, but it is, or Buddhism, or even, like, various religions, once you get past like the politic politics, they're describing a web yeah. and you're of some sort that's interconnected and you kind of taking a hammer to parts of that or putting a virus in and changing whole parts of it. Now, I mean, personally, do I think if people fully adopted magic, uh, would, would we be better? Yes. And no, um, yes. In the way that, um, there would be a lot of people who would probably kill themselves pretty early on in that process. Uh, magic grinds you out or grinds a lot of people uh, because of the fact that, you know, there's only so many times you can handle things radically changing and be okay with it unless you really have mentally trained yourself for the fortitude of what the results actually bring. The second thing is, though, like certain technologies, which I think we're on the threshold of, we would actually fully be able to manifest. And those technologies involve stuff that is basically what people think are science fiction, but we're really close to it being science fact. And that's stuff like, you know, deep dive AIs or deep dive, not AIs, deep dive um, virtual reality, you know, automated AIs, stuff like that. Even possibly stuff like faster than light travel, all these things probably are going to involve concepts that we call magic right now, but later, maybe in 20 years, they'll call them problem probability engineering or intuitive, uh, intuitive uh, cyberspace. Uh, I can't even think of a good scientific <laughs> word for it, but these technologies are going to in in involve belief effects that uh, people will study and probably come back to books from this time period and kind of say, well, maybe they were onto something, just like scientists were coming back to the Vedics and other materials right now and saying, well, you know, maybe there is something to this metaphor, mathematics that people were throwing out there that isn't quite as garbage as we thought. I think that the, the position that we're in right now is very fortunate, very unique in this particular time era. You know, it's like, like you said, eventually they'll look back, you know, and maybe say, hey, that they were onto something. Um, we're in a position now as, as influencers, as, as those who are out there writing books and, and putting our ideas and thoughts out there. Uh, philosophies, you know, essentially is, is what we're, we're putting out there. These, these concepts of incorporating and integrating science with magic. Um, this is, this is the, that edge. This is the, the turning point, you know, and we're, we're out there at, at the frontier right now. Um, it's a, it's an, it's, it's an honorable position to be in, I, I find, but also it's a very important one to where there's a lot of responsibility that comes into this and, and really putting these ideas out there, really exploring these concepts and, and putting them out there in a magical yet scientific way. You touched upon something earlier, uh, talking about how there isn't really good or evil, you know, how we're accessing an, an energy. Uh, or a, a concept, I suppose. But to me, it's like uh, it's like the Tai Chi symbol, the yin and yang symbol. Um, <clears throat> to me, there is a duality. Uh, this is very Zervanistic, really. It's like there's uh, there's chaos and there's order. Um, 
generally people consider chaos to be negative in order to be positive, but really there really isn't a good or bad or positive and negative. Um, they both work against each other, but if you notice, they're in one system, they're in a whole. Um, and it's like, it's like a tug of war that cannot be won, uh, the tide that keeps coming back in and out, you know, it's an, an ebb and flow. And to me, to me, it's like one can't get too strong before the other one reaches back up. So you have this kind of flow going back and forth um, that creates change. Uh, it's like uh, the pistons in, a, in an engine where, you know, they, they, they come down, there's an explosion, there's a, a repulsion, there's a reaction that seems to be negative, And yet it's what's making the car run. It's otherwise the car would not go anywhere if there was not this resistance, if there was not this this force that reacts against each other. Uh, and to me, that's kind of what we are. And in, in reality, you know, it's like there isn't bad or, or negative or, or positive. It's it's all it's really comes down to perspective of, of the bigger picture of everything. Um, and that's I think a lot of people get caught up in that, you know, like what is good, what is evil? I mean, to me, evil, it comes down to the individual. It comes down to one's own moral compass of, as far as what they believe to be good or bad or, or, or right or wrong. Um, I don't believe that that can apply to absolutely everybody across the board. There is no staple. There is no cornerstone uh, or foundation that is set, you know, and that's the thing. That's with reality, too. You know, what, where, what is real, what is not, you know, so there's no staple as far as saying, hey, you know, the this is what it is. This is what it entails. These are the, the dimensions of it. And we measure everything against that. Um, that's that's where it's at. It's like everybody has their own kind of uh, reality. And, and so it's kind of balancing all of these things together to, to create uh, this world that we're living in. Um, it's, it's a lot of concepts. It's a lot of concepts. But I, I really think that, you know, this kind of information, this kind of integration, uh, looking at science and magic together as one and not separate uh, is really the way to go with things. Because, again, yeah, everybody's trying to separate this, but it's it's the same thing. Um, magic is there's a process to it, even if we don't see it or understand it. There's a process to it. There, things don't I can't I cannot personally subscribe to the fact that things just happen. Like I, I never could. It, it, it's I can't say magic words and just things occur. Um, I had to have a belief in this, a strong foundation, you know, uh, which I found again within quantum physics, found it within an actual science here. Uh, so but it's again, it's 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 integrating the spiritual and the scientific together in, in one form rather than having them being uh, separate forces. I think that notion of the yin and yang is is just a great notion because this is another original Taoism and the yin and yang is so misunderstood. Like people just assume that just means you don't do anything. You, 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 you just don't do anything, but it's describing exactly that a system, right? So you project and the system reacts, yang and yang, you receive and the system reacts. Like if there wasn't this sort of push and pull, what would happen is, you know, instead of an engine, you get an explosion, which eventually will normalize either way. Like the system still reacts. It just reacts in a way that doesn't necessarily uh, help us. The car explodes because it's the pistons pushing against the restrictions don't quite, the restrictions are what actually makes that explosion not be an explosion. 
or if you magically push like you get results and things change but if you went too far you know next thing you know you're down by the river or something because you blew up everything and and that happens sometimes and you know if you've been doing magic for a while you just kind of go and say well okay oops hmm. ah, maybe i shouldn't have done that uh, or i should have done that a different way well that's information um but again like any kind of thing you can think of there is this kind of you are working against or within systems that have constraints that aren't necessarily your enemy the scientific uh, aspects and restraints of science aren't necessarily also the the enemy but they're your guideposts as it were to kind of keep things okay uh or or, or keep things within the balance I, I love the idea of that push and pull like i said the engine aspect is literally cannot exist if you don't have the kind of explosiveness and what people think is you know with chaos particularly is a word that's so loaded like so many other words and evil and good and even order um there's lots of situations that are highly ordered that are not productive for an individual to be in uh as in i might consider them evil but i wouldn't use that term but they're just not productive they're constraining in a way that does not help you grow it does not help you get what you want it does not help anyone who's in the situation but they're ordered they're extremely ordered so like this idea that chaos is necessarily bad yes we are evolutionarily conditioned for that and it takes some effort to get past all that but really the best things are for most people are coming from actually sort of applying new things any new idea you have is chaotic if you go and try to open a new store write a book uh oh yeah if you write a book it's chaotic trust me it's chaotic <laughs> right <laughs> the process is chaotic it, it, it isn't just chaotic at all it, it could be non-fiction or fiction it doesn't matter the process changes you it's inherently chaotic to your being when you write a book uh, I, I mean i i mean that said i mean anything you could possibly do that's a change from the status quo all the things that you might want pick up guitar that's chaotic it's it, you, you want to play guitar okay you can go learn it all the tools are there for you to learn it you have to literally spend time and it's chaotic because you're, you're changing who you are and you're changing the status quo if you want to you know get on a health regiment that involves chaotic you're literally working against inertia to make changes right so that idea even the idea and pursuing it becomes chaotic it, it, it cannot have unintended consequences not necessarily bad uh but it's not always linearly predictable either hmm. this yeah. reminds me of something i have a guest on sometimes um his name is jason wall and he's whole theory is that everything in every situation that happens uh you can apply ohm's law of electricity to and which is you know the, the the current of electricity hits resistance changes flows again hits resistance and changes and every time it hits that resistance it also changes the flow of the electricity so when it you know like it'll build up a little bit and then you get like a stronger burst of electricity. 
it, it, I don't know. It's just kind of like what I'm thinking as I'm listening to you guys talk about this. I mean, absolutely. It, everything everything has a, a reaction or equal, you know, as I said, uh, reaction or equal reaction to it. Uh, you know, something that he'd mentioned here a minute ago is just that, you know, there is no, like, good or bad. Um, to me, when I look at the, the forces of chaos and order, both can, both can be negative in too much of a too much if there's too much of one um too much chaos is obviously not a good thing you know there's no permanence within chaos is the problem um it's madness it's uh, there's nothing that's permanent or structured there to create a change um whereas with 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 chaos or with order when something is so locked down into a system that allows for no growth, that allows for no change, it allows for no creativity. Um, this is a very negative thing. So it's finding the balance between the two of these things you know, that is, I think, the, the challenge with, with it all. Um, not seeing in black and white is as far as good or bad, but how much energy and intention am I putting into one or the other? Um, and having that be a force that's ruling your life uh, and working with this this kind of construct in in reality. Uh, one of the things also is said that, you know, is, is without one or the other, you know, bad negative things can, can happen. Um, to me, it's like with, with with chaos and order, this this occurs because if this happened, nothing happens. There's no change. If no change occurs no experiences can be had. If no experiences can be had, nothing is learned. There is nothing. It's just a flat line. It's, it is only through strife. It is only through uh, resistance that changes occur, that experiences had, that we grow. Uh, I believe the system is set up this way. Um, and again, too much of one is a negative thing. It's trying to find a balance with, with between these these two forces that uh, seems to be an issue with people. A lot of people they you know they uh, turn away from the Judeo Christian kind of uh, religion or Abrahamic uh, religions, uh, you know, uh, and they go the opposite direction, doing the same thing. They, you know, getting on their knees to to Lucifer or Satan or whatever. You know, it's like trading one for the other. It doesn't make a difference. It's not about that. You know, it's about breaking free of these kind of constructs and being free and being able to stand up on your own and taking control of your life and, and circumstances um, in that. I think that is what becoming a magician really is, is understanding these forces coming into them and, and making these changes within your reality and going forward with that. Um, but again, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, people that are stuck in, in old ways of thinking that resist this change. We're talking about the virus again and, and things that are re resisting change. Um, it's very difficult to, to, to overcome this because people are so conditioned or set in their ways of things. Um, and again, it is, you know, it, something, uh, Andrea did said is there's, there's safety in it. You know, if you go in and to any, you know, Christian church, if you will, um, and interject any kind of, uh, challenge them in any kind of way, they all stick together because they need each other to reinforce each other. There's a collective bubble of safety there. If you challenge that, it's a threat to their, to their safety. Um, and so it, so, that, so that's that, yeah. I mean, I wanted to say a couple of things there because, yes, that's I exactly feel it's correct. And then that goes back to the other comment of you just flip the switch to these dark and spooky entities. And if you tell people 
that maybe you just don't understand these dark and spooky entities and you're just doing the same thing again, they equally will try to sit, fight against it, right? Like, like if you, personally, the Lucifer stuff gets me a little, I get a little hate mail because it's like, if you really encounter Lucifer and you think that that spirit is all about you worshiping him, you you don't understand Lucifer. Like, like you you don't even understand the myth of, like, of Lucifer. Right. I mean, I, I can't say how many people have come to me and say, you know, I, I worship the devil. I, uh, you know, I, I bow down and I, I worship Lucifer. And I'm like, you know, this is the last thing that Lucifer wants, you know, is that he, he wants you to get off of your knees. He wants to take you by your hand, get you off your knees, look you in the eye and say, all right, stand up, take care of your shit. You know, uh, he doesn't want you to be worshipped. He wants you to become powerful. He, he, he rebelled against exactly that. You know, do you think that that's what yeah. he wants? You know, it, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I I never. First, I don't understand why that's there. Like, I mean, even mythologically, like this isn't the spirit you go to to worship. This, this is the spirit who slaps you side the head and says, "Stand up!" When you need to slap aside the head, like that's the. That's literally the archetype. <laughs> I mean, right. and literally in the mythology. So it's just, but again, you'll get, I don't mean to say like, uh, you'll get groups that will reassert that reality. This is the way it is. And it could be a black coven versus a, a Christian group. But functionally, once you get to that point, they're functionally working the same. They work they're the working same against, way. Yeah. And, like you could wear all black, it doesn't matter. <laughs> As I'm wearing black, I mean, of course, right? <laughs> but I mean, it, it yeah. doesn't matter. I mean, yeah, that one is a, a personal. You can be on your knees one. a slave to one one being, or you can be on your knees a slave to another. What difference if you trade it off? It doesn't. It doesn't matter. It, it makes no point. There's no. There's no point to it. <laughs> yeah. That was a Zoom issue. <laughs> okay. All right. Make sure we're all here still. Yeah, it's interesting yeah, to watch, just don't... watch that happen. I mean, like people, <laughs> or, or even even more, people worshiping Cthulian entities. I'm just like, I guess if you're totally a nihilist, that makes sense. You know, and like you're worshiping the pointlessness of it all. But I mean, literally, these entities are supposed to be like, models that you pass the point you can actually even possibly worship them because they're chaotic you know beings of not they're, they're literally supposed to be vectors that you cannot easily anthropomorphize or worship so it, it's kind of like and plus that i mean personally my personal experience of various gods and entities they don't necessarily uh want exactly what that kind of blind worship that's that's not what they're looking for but that's a different conversation um because they're agents in the universe uh, in a system systems of change and they probably want something different than people think which is not on your knees necessarily in the same way uh depending on how you interpret those entities but still lucifer is a real pet peeve. that one just like why you know, or or do people say they worship the devil? Like, why? Like, he doesn't want you to worship him. He, he he literally will tell you, "Don't worship me." Like, get up, stand up. 
<laughs> yeah. And that's that's the force. It, it's the force, and it's it, it at its core, you know, of of that rebellion to the system as a whole. You know, it, it is to be an individual, and that you know, when you when I started researching, you know, what was evil, I had written a book, you know, one of the clipophic book several years ago, and was really looking at what evil was considered, you know, in that time, um, and it really came down to you know what what it was was separation from the Godhead. You know, anything that wanted to be separate or an individual was considered evil, something that wanted to have its own uh, respect, something that wanted to have its own value, if you will. Um, and that was considered it was considered evil, you know, and, you know, it, it's like uh, there's a cure song that it talks about, you know, picking up sand and having it run through your hands. And this is what, you know, this this God is Christian, Judeo-Christian God was trying to, like, keep all this together but it just keeps running through the fingers he can't he can't manage to do it it's almost like a psychological war with himself depending on one's viewpoint of the whole situation really but um evil was considered separation or individuality and i think that's that's one of the biggest things that still carries over to today into today is is individuality being able to stand on your own firmly and have your beliefs that go against you know organized uh, religion uh, and, and even magical groups, you know, I mean, there's, you know, not to say, you know, one group or whatever is negative, um, but there's, it's like, there's a, people that are very stuck in tradition and there's no room for advancement in this. And I think that that's really sad. I mean, science advances. Einstein's theories are proven wrong consistently um, and we're advancing built on this. So why is not magic doing the same thing? You know, we go, oh, no, you, you, it has to be done because this grimoire written in the 1600s is the right way to go about doing things. You know, and it's like, I, I find that personally frustrating because, you know, I'm out here trying to push the envelope. I'm trying to introduce these thoughts, these new concepts, um, and, and really push this out here for people to grasp and, and empower themselves. But you have groups that are, uh, you know, vehemently against anything that's new. Um, you know, but, you know, it's like even like I say, the Goetia, wouldn't wouldn't that when that first appeared, that was new at some point, you know, like so it's like, why is why is magic not advancing in the way that it should? Because of, it's, it's structured, you know, it's it's again, you know, I see order here controlling and constraining. Um, I, oh, man, there's so many points we could talk about that, like. Yeah, the constraining aspects, like you know, the the constraining against and uh, you know innovation. Uh, I mean, honestly, that's probably one of the reasons I have only got one book because yeah, when I put stuff out there, it's like you people will push back on it. Why? Well, because exactly what you said. You know, they they need their mental turf and their constructs of things to stay the same. Right? A serious challenge breaks the whole uh, it breaks the whole show right it breaks exactly what you're describing like it breaks the ability to be safe in the, the groups you're in and now we're getting to the point where we're getting to aggressive micro groups like so it isn't necessarily the traditional order you know, right you, you have like you used to have traditional magical orders, uh, which was part of several. So I'm not dissing orders. They have a really good place. They have a point. Um, but 
it's replacing that with kind of, you know, social media groups that are much smaller, um, but they still have the group collectivized pressure where you're in and out. And then those kind of concepts are there. And yeah, any pushing the envelope is a threat to the status quo, in which case people react. They re react negatively. Now, I mean, I think that's true in science too, but science at least right. tries to do a peer review kind of process to get around this issue of uh, your ideas is to uh, whatever. Uh, but usually science tends to balance itself up. But some people's scientific ideas get blocked too because of the same kind of human pressure to, to get into camps and us versus them to kind of keep the status quo uh, exactly what you're describing. And like, I mean, there's also probably other reasons too when we get down to it, like uh, when you're studying marketing and sales uh, and all the business aspects that no one ever totally talks about in the cult so much, it's in people's best interest not to push the envelope, right? To get people exactly right. what they want. I mean, we continuously like authors fall into this authors and musicians fall into the same issue like right you start producing new materials and inevitably the fans want more of the same so you have a choice of giving them more of the same or changing and risking possibly financial but uh, the system's actually rewarding this sort of lack of pushing the envelope in this way it's 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 rewarding the status quo in a lot of ways um and then this is this is actually kind of gets into the financial system but i mean it's not the financial system it's still a people system uh, the money system is just reflecting that um and i feel like that point you're making about pushing the envelope and why people don't want to do it it, it just goes back to what we're talking about it's the safe zone you know and the inability for anyone to accept that Entering in the danger zone, not the danger zone. That's such a, I didn't mean to just throw a meme out there like, bam, like, let's, you know, we're in the danger zone, but, you know, it went there. So, but it's like the inability to actually deal with the uncertainty or having your beliefs challenged. Um, I mean, this was probably one of the better things that came a lot of, you know, from being a cast magician. It's like, yeah, we, we you tear your beliefs down every five minutes. Like, you know, because it doesn't yeah, work. Like, it but, doesn't matter if one's uh, what religion one is. It doesn't matter what one believes. Um, it, it's it comes. It all ultimately comes down to the individual. Because um, you know, like people, whether they be in church uh, or they be in a coven, <clears throat> they're still people, and they still have the same situation. One, you know, he was talked about you now getting on your knees for one being to to getting on your knees to another being it doesn't it doesn't make a difference it's you know it's like it comes down to the individual what that individual believes um <clears throat> and how they how they want to access their reality uh, essentially every group is the same you know it's like even if you know old traditional uh, systems of magic or you know uh, religions or churches um it's all the same but people are looking for safety in groups and they don't like change they don't want change um, they like to stick to what is safe and what feels safe to them. That's the problem with this. When we go out on and work with chaos magic, we're starting these these new concepts. There is no safety net. 
You know, there is nothing to fall back on. That's the people are afraid of that. They don't want, they want a safety net. They want to feel secure. They want to feel safe. You know, it's like you go to church. Well, John over there believes this. And I have to, I believe this. And John believes this. And, and, and Mary over there believes this too. So they, they have this group. They have this uh, connection with each other. Each one is backing each other up to making a, a secure net. Um, anything that wants to challenge that, anything that wants to come in, is is what is considered evil or what is considered you know oh, we'll throw that out it's not true it's not traditional that's the problem with things it's everybody regardless of what organization you want to be part of political religious it doesn't matter you know whether they be a judeo-christian or satanist doesn't matter it's still people uh is what i've come down to, you know, to really understanding is is people's understanding of their own reality and what they are willing to accept or not accept and that's the hardest, you know, when I, when I do apprenticeships, uh, it's like uh, there's, a, there's a few different dogmatic hurdles that I have to overcome. One being most of them are, are come from a Judeo-Christian background, um, and I have to get them over the, the, the idea that they're doing something bad because they're, they're not adhering to that religion or the ideology of that religion. Um, another one that, that's even harder is uh, getting them to understand that, reality isn't as solid as ever it's we've been we've been led to believe that it's actually malleable that we actually have influence over over reality um and again yeah i mean that, that like you said it's anti-fatist you know <laughs> if you will you know and that's the idea but you know I, that's hard for me on a personal level i do believe that you know there, there are things that we're supposed to go through that we're supposed to 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 face um I call them fixed points. Like with I'm working in tarot, uh, there's no. It's like choose your own adventure. No matter what path you take, you're still going to end up at this one particular spot because you're meant to experience this. Um, but you know, it, other than that, it's like yeah, it's it's a balance for me on a personal level of of experiencing uh, what what I'm meant to learn here, and that can go back into reincarnation, past lives, higher selves, that kind of deal. Um, or can we change? You know. Uh, what were our reality here? How much can we change uh, for the for our better betterment, essentially? But it, it, it to me, it's like I don't describe myself as a black magician or even chaos magician. Technically, it's a, yes, I am a chaos magician technically, but I prefer uh, that I'm a seeker of truth without restraint. Uh, I don't like to be put into a box. I don't like to be limited in such a way as to where I can't say I, ca I can't work with this entity or that system because I'm part of this. Uh, I, I like to blow that all out of the water. I, I do whatever I want to do when I want to do it because I'm free to do it. You know, I don't like to be put into a box, but that's the thing with people is I like to be part of something like part of a group, part of an ideology. Uh, they find safety within this. And it's really difficult to to overcome these particular dogmas um, when I'm when I'm working with individuals. So, I mean, a lot of that, I mean, I know I said it was anti-fatist, but there are that fixed point metaphor. um by the time you could prevent one of them, you've already eliminated yourself past it. It's sort of like uh, <laughs> that's that's the way I view it. Like uh, you've already put so much work and time into overcoming something that you you may not have to experience the fixed point. But at that point, you've changed so many parts of yourself. You're no longer the same person at all. Of course, you could do a ritual and not be the same person. So, um, yeah, you know, 
like and and those can i like to describe those uh, the fixed points as kind of sets of consequences not bad i, I don't like the word the consequences are uh, i don't even know how to use another word it's a series of dominoes that we've set in motion either based on stuff we couldn't control you can't control your parents uh, in in certain ways you might be able to make the argument spiritually we could but really you couldn't control your parents you can't control necessarily your dna um you can't control where you might have been born and these are all setting in dominoes that eventually will cause some trigger points or events um that you maybe don't have a lot of control over like those are the learning things that you might have to go through um unless you can get to the point that you've altered your trajectory so much that there's different points based on different dominoes that you set into motion. Um, that that is could be difficult too, and I think be, because that's a, this is like the inner work aspect. Like once you start mucking with yourself, it isn't not practical either. Like, it, it, but it has different consequences, and I think. So, yeah, I would tend to be anti-fate, but that's just because uh, a lot of people tend to use astrology as a way to lock themselves in, too, and, um, and they use, you know, all these different tools that, again, take the volition away from the individual, like, uh, because it's safe, right? It, it, it becomes safer. But that said, like, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, not totally anti-faith, but mostly anti-faith, I think. But a lot of the things you were saying about, like, people wanting the safety zone, right, this is why I said earlier that, you know, magic suddenly was accepted as real, why it would have a lot of people kill themselves and that it would grind them. Take away the safety net of that surety and what 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 is left with people. In a lot of people, it's existential terror. That, that's what they're fighting against, right? It, it's not like the social groups are necessarily bonding. They're bonding over a shared belief, yes, but what happens when you take that away? What's left? It's absolute terror. The terror that you could actually maybe change things or that maybe we could change things either individually or collectively. And well, who needs gods? What does that mean? <laughs> yeah. Although, like I said, you know, having done so much spiritual work, I've, I've come to a, a different kind of take on this, whole, the spirits and gods that are not quite so yes or no with them or, or heads or um, really whether they exist is a pointless question in some ways. Uh it right. depends on which frame you're you're looking at and or which narrative you're trying to apply uh you know like whether it's all them or us or some combination thereof again it's not as simple as that but again who needs i mean maybe maybe you need imaginary friend to explain why you committed political crops right like Shamans had lots of imaginary friends. It helped them do what they were going to do. Maybe you need to have, you know, uh, a dark Lucifer slap you aside the head and 
that's there because you need it to get you to stand up. You know, this is not necessarily a bad thing. But again, what's left when you take around those group pressures is like maybe at that maybe one day Lucifer's a metaphor and another day he's a spiritual force slapping you side the head. And right. maybe both of those are true on different minutes and different days, and that's okay. I mean, but it's it that's ter- that's a terrifying construct. That's a terrifying idea for most people because that would just so much of what they would assume is absolutely true goes out the window in a, a worldview that even gets close to something like this. I think that people are afraid of taking power for themselves. I think, you know, it almost goes back to your placebo analogy, you know, where it's like, it's easier just to accept what others will tell you or condition you to. It's, it's, it's without standing up on your own and your own personal reality grid and just adhering to a base ideology, whether it be political or religious based, magic based, um, All of these things aside, it really comes down to the individual and what they're willing to accept within their reality and and how to how to make that change if they're willing to make that change. Uh, Like I said, I deal with people on an everyday basis that. They they have these different ideas of of their own realities, Um, and it's just the problem with it is, is there's, there's no there's no one reality that's right. There's no reality that is correct. You know, there, again, there's no cornerstone. So it's a difficult, uh, difficult subject to try to explain to people is to like be free. You know, again, I, I, I'm a seeker of truth. I'm looking for the truth without any kind of restraint dogmatically or politically. Um, I'm trying to free myself from the concepts of, you know, considerably mass consideration of like what is considered good or evil um you know again that comes down to the individual on on an individual basis um but it's 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 learning to have strength and power within oneself to change their surroundings for their betterment um most people a lot of people don't want to do that but you know another thing that you mentioned earlier is all right let's say magic is accepted let's say magic is actually um scientifically proven that exists um this is now a science it's no longer magic you know are we you know here we are on the front trying to push this trying to trying to show people hey this is a, a force that exists we have power to do this but are we really actually initiating you know the 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 witch trials again if if we could create and actually say hey we're doing baneful rights to hurt my, my neighbor or whatever or you know uh what could you be put to jail for it you know, are my books considered heresy at that point? And, and I'm, you know, on the run living in caves or sewers somewhere because I, you know, <laughs> I gotta hide, you know. So it's interesting. We're out here pushing for this, but at the same time, you know, we could be pushing our end to this at the same token. <laughs> you know, so it's like, it's, it's I mean, there's still anti witchcraft laws in many states in the United States. Straight up, there's anti witchcraft laws in a lot of states. So, right. Uh, having experience with the legal system and, and fighting that out um, multiple times and helping be an advocate actually behind with helping people navigate the legal system. There's clear biases. It, it's not totally without merit what you're saying. There. Like this isn't totally, we don't live in an except, well, I live in Canada now, but I used to live in the United States. Um, and it's not 
totally without risk uh, to do some of the things that we're seeing. And you're right. In one way, we it could possibly, you know, bring about, uh, you know, a new witch trials if people really thought we were real, that it was really real, like easier for us to think it's fake. But on the flip side of things, we have problems as a species that cannot be solved anymore with the thinking that we had previously. It's no longer possible for us to, I don't know, from getting into a big picture, this kind of us versus them, the kind of not being able to step into a, a, a fear zone of uncertainty does not solve the problems which existentially are threatening us. As in, for me, it's uh, just my personal great, like, uh, I don't know, I don't want to say having done this for so many years, this is not just about me doing practical magic, but it's the idea that people who take their own power will have more power to not necessarily do what people think either. It's not like, ooh, I mean, yes, it's, it's fun to summon the Goisha, like to visible manifestation, that's, that's cool. But it's more like maybe that person also happens to be a scientist that can cure cancer because they had the inner strength to actually go through and fight against the changes in their, their PhD uh, dissertation that otherwise they would have gotten broken by. You know, and then they can, can come, come and cure that. Maybe, maybe somebody that's a has a different energy creates a different energy. But again, because they were able to do some of the things we're talking about, they were stepping into an uncomfortable area where they had to have the inner strength to fight through all the skeptics. And actually, that is how the new changes come about. Uh, I mean, you know, Hollywood kind of baleful magic syndrome. I'm like. Yeah, well, we could go on and on and on about that. And, you know, for the most for the most part, like, like, you know, when I have my students, I kind of go on and on and on about curses because it's an easy example. Like curses and blessings, exactly the same thing, and how they make they generally how how they actually start to weave into somebody's energy system, and then basically either chain either like a virus, either change your system and change the systems around the person or fail because they cannot get hold uh right. you know which but again like we're at a place where i don't know maybe it doesn't matter if we're risking the witch trials i mean you know does it matter if it's hurricanes every five minutes that's going to kill us covid which we brought upon ourselves like science has been saying for like 20 years that covid was going to happen it wasn't news to anyone that this happened we literally destroyed all the animals like area to live and then this was a consequence 20 years ago it said this is going to happen this is this is going to be one of the consequences of us doing this so it's not like we didn't know and, and but to get past the level of problems we have people have to take a radical leap into uncertainty and all these tools kind of provide the strength and ability to not the only they're not the only tools that by any means but they're really useful tools that seem to allow people to step into that unknown and have a framework to actually come out the other side without not be changed but not broken yes it uh it's 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 challenging on a lot of different fronts you know but i, I do believe that you know 
we've got to be able to keep pushing forward without being afraid. We've got to be able to like be the, you know, the pioneers out here that are experimenting, that are putting, putting these thoughts out there. They're putting these ideologies out there. I mean, like I've got my whole philosophy of how it all works and everything, but as I told my students, I said, you know, this is just mine. This is what I believe. It may not be what you believe in your reality. You know, this is these techniques that I'm teaching. They work for me. They may not work for you. Uh, so it's basically take what you can from this, take this, make this your own. I, I, it's like with magic. I tell people, you know, I don't do my magic, do your magic, you know, use my books as a, as a template. You know, but create and build upon that. It's no different than like going into a, you know, any kind of church or, or, or orthodoxy where it's like you have to learn certain things and do it a certain way in order to make it work. I don't want that. I want people to because magic is a is a personal experience. It's it's something that's a it's extremely extremely personal. So it's like we all have different results. We all have different ways about doing things, but there's no wrong way to do it. It's like. Don't, like I said, don't do my magic, do your magic. If you're getting a result from what you're doing, even though it's nothing like anybody else has taught you or, or shown you or what you know of, you're getting a result. No one can tell you that you're doing your magic wrong. You know, this is your reality. Yeah. That's the thing. You know, it's like, it's, it's like poetry. You know, it's like there's uh, all these different forms of poetry. But at the end of the day, once you learn all the different rules to poetry, you learn that there's no rules to poetry. It's like understanding all of it in order to understand that there really isn't any kind of restriction. There isn't any kind of like uh, way. There is no wrong way to do something if it's that if it comes from you. It's your intuition. If it's what you are putting out there, if you're getting result from this, you're doing it correctly. But that's what it really ultimately comes down to in the realm of magic, even in science, when we're talking about quantum physics and different observers affecting different things. There's, we all have this ability, we all this power to be able to step into and really understand. Um, and that's very difficult because, again, it's, there's everybody wants to compare themselves to somebody else or, or be part of a group or whatever. But it, it isn't based on that. It's 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 an individual. It's an individual thing. It's a magic is subjective by its very nature. There, it cannot be anything else. It's it's how we as an individual react or or, or influence our our reality around us. Um, it can, there's no wrong way to do magic if you're getting a result from it. You know, it's all about it comes again down to again personal belief and what you're doing. But you have to learn all yeah. this stuff to understand. There's no rules to it. I think you know it's definitely it's an experiential contact sport. Like, I mean, you can you can get a book. You could do the rituals exactly like in the book. You know what the book doesn't cover is uh, the personal experience you've had. And that's where the gap there is where things change. Whatever happens totally. when you go buy what's in the book, right? Which eventually, Ben is exactly right. If that magic is internalized, it's words on a paper. That's it. It's just, and, and once it becomes internalized, you're going to do it differently. Than even what's in the book, I, I guarantee it. It's going to become personal. It's a, it's exactly going to be within the fact. There's no rules. Um, you know, I yes. love finding people who get nothing uh, is ahead. real. All is permitted. You know, that's the right. <laughs> uh, I mean, I love finding people who are getting results that 
uh, they're breaking the rules and they're, they're getting consistent results. Because I'll study those people. I'll ask to study those people and try to model and structure uh, what their mindsets are going through and how they're doing it. Why? Because that's a valuable clue. That isn't necessarily anything about the actual reality, but it tells you maybe there's a mechanism that we missed and they, this person has discovered uh, a lever uh, that can be applied in different ways. So I love finding that. Uh, and that's every single person that you talk to, once they they start, they stick with this a little while, they tend to, to get results. That's right. the other thing people don't realize is like, yeah, a lot of people dabble for a month or two and maybe some, they don't tell you that something happened and they got scared and they put it down. Yes. <laughs> like they, they, you, they never say, those people never speak about it again. Right. 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 Yeah. But it, it more often than not, it's, that's exactly what happened. Like they were doing stuff, weird stuff happened and they put it down. And then the people who keep putting it up there, probably a, a vast minority um and the people who i probably for both of our books the people who actually actually work through the book is probably a vast minority versus the people who actually bought the book and that's because once you actually work with material um you have to make it your own and it goes back to what we're saying it goes back to what we're saying like even cursory sit down to do a meditation you realize really early on in the process that you're making it your own. And that is scary as hell. Because again, it goes back to personal, it's not, I don't like the word personal responsibility, but it's personal power. You're accepting the fact that maybe things aren't as static. And even a simple meditation can all of a sudden change your mindset and even that can be kind of scary that you can control your own mindset could be kind of scary for the same exact reason you're describing because if you're making your mindset your own you're making the tools your own everything is becoming you know it's becoming you more and more you and for most people there's a long process of actually getting to be okay with you or me or I right Which isn't part of our culture right we're not okay with ourselves so being okay with owning all this and making your own and understanding that this is you and the rules are just mostly there based on someone else's structures and it's not it's not all there is because increasingly it's scary. based, on, like it's based a, on their own personal reality that person's reality you know it's like okay as, as the galicia you know it's like all right you've got uh you know spirits in there i don't even like to call them demons but it's, uh, you know spirits in there that have descriptions of what they do what they look like um you know there's thunderstorms and 30 legions and there's trumpets and everything going on i've never experienced anything like this however i'm not saying that the man or whoever wrote that 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 grimoire didn't I can't say they didn't. I just know that in my reality, I have not experienced that. Have I experienced other things? Absolutely. Have I got result? Absolutely. But the, one of the biggest things of, of time to, to talk to, to, to teach a student is, all right, take expectation out of the equation. Do the work. See what comes through. Put belief and disbelief aside. Put expectation aside. If you're looking for a, a, a purple hole, 
purple horse and, you, and that white rabbit shows up, you're not going to notice the white rabbit because you're looking for the purple horse so much. You're looking for that confirmation that somebody else had this happen. I have to see this or it's not working. You know, and that's again, it's through the filters of our own personal reality. And so it's like you have to take this, you have to throw it out, you have to do the work, do the science, see what results you get. You talk about coincidences. Those coincidences, they 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 occur more and more and more to where you, you realize these are not coincidences anymore. You know, and so it's like it's really taking this this science and understanding it through your own personal filter, but it's it's don't, ex- you know, even with me, even my, my books, you know, this is this the, the descriptions of things or whatever. I, as I've told them, I, I may be wrong, but this is this this is what I'm experiencing. This is my reality. I'm putting it down here. If this works for you, great. If it doesn't, you must continue to search. You must continue to find something that does resonate with you. No offense taken. It can't, I can't take offense to that. Everybody's different. You know what I mean? That's why I say, you know, like, look, yeah. use my stuff as a template, build on it. You want to add a certain sigil, you want to do something different, whatever. Follow your intuition because it's like with, with people, the, the biggest thing I have, one of the biggest things I have trouble with is people following their intuition of what they need to do. They're so afraid of doing something incorrectly that they're not focused on the ride itself, you know? And it's like, to be able to, they must make this their own and fully believe in it and throw expectation of all these, these descriptions away. Um, I mean, they're helpful to some degree, but keep your mind open to see what comes through on its own. And, and again, that it just comes down to the individual, it comes down to that individual filter. Um, like I said, magic is subjective to the individual purely. You know, you can, I, I was part of a, of an order but it's like i do my own thing you know i mean ultimately like i i mean that's exactly it like i mean you know the the expectation thing i mean people i mean that that gets into the whole the whole literature around desire of result but everyone thinks that is just the the outcome but it's not it's the whole process that has desire of result once you put constraints on there it never seems to go that way and you just ignore it so you're and you're right that's what happens people ignore it weird stuff can happen and you know you ignore it because it doesn't right. fit exactly what was in the book right. um or it doesn't quite <laughs> more often than not i actually will have a situation where i'll do something and then later i'll find some other book that has similar description i never read it right because people have every single working you could possibly conceive of. There's probably a thousand different things that occurred that people have somehow cataloged and put on the internet. And when you look at them in aggregate, they are vastly different because when we get down to the personal aspects, I am not Ben. I am not, you know, anyone else here. I'm not any of you. So of course it has to manifest and, be interpreted and be different than every other person because we're different we have different mental scapes different inner constructions like all of that like so the personal aspects of this of magic being experiential it's uh it's it's contact uh, i mean by contact i mean it's a contact sport you gotta get in there there's a vast the difference between I use meditation because it's the easiest. But the difference between actually doing a summoning and actually reading about it 
is the difference between crossing the Grand Canyon. Like, I mean, it, it's, you know, it, it, to the point where at first, when you first, most people do work, they do the work and they're, they're just going through the motions because they're, they're uncomfortable with letting themselves do anything else, right? But your mind has to actually do a whole bunch of other things with these. And then when that happens, that you you get the mind kind of training wheels down, that's that's when everything Ben's saying is going to happen. Then it becomes completely subjective. You get other sigils, you get other mechanisms, all kinds of stuff, you know, that will happen because you're in the game. If you're just doing it by root, you're not in. You are not in the game. You're not in the ritual. Like, right. You are. Well, actually, like, I don't mean to say you're in a play, but that's not true because actors are in the game a lot of the times. They, they have uh, many tools of actually being in the game at the point at which they're doing the acting. That's why we they're so believable. Like, essentially, like, you could go on a whole tirade how method acting and various forms of acting are invocations of character, but that's okay. Um, because they're in the game fully. If you break their concentration, they don't easily get out of it either. Um, but that's why they're fun to watch because they're in the game. Um, if you're not in the game when you're in that ritual, and by in the game, I mean you have invested you. It is just maybe it's something pretty. Maybe it's right. watching television, uh, <laughs> right. but you're not in it. <laughs> it's like... Um... I'm trying not to name certain things, but it's like, you know, with, even with like, and I know I'm going to a lot of like backlash for it, but it's like, you know, it's like uh, Thelema, even, uh, you know, Mather's uh, Golden Dawn. Uh, it's like to me and, and understand, first of all, before I go on, that if you're getting result from doing these things, all the more power to you. That's great. You found what works for you. I can't say that one thing works and one thing doesn't. If an individual is getting a result from it, then they're doing it right, period. doesn't matter what I think or what I, you know, it's, it's my personal reality. I, my personal reality, I don't get result that way. Um, I do my, more my own thing, more, you know, following my intuition, following what, what works for me, um, doing what it would be considered more chaos magic. Uh, but, you know, it's like when I and this is taken more in general, but it's like if you're in a you know, Golden Dawn situation where, you know, there's so many different steps and uh, ritual and tradition and they, that by the time you actually get to doing the magic, you, there's so much energy that's been put into all these things that you're not even in, in, in involved or invested within the right itself it's been lost. You know, a lot of people that are new to this, they're worried about doing the sigil or taking two steps to the right or to the left, or their, their, their focus and concentration is completely mis misplaced. Um, yeah. I, and I can't agree more with that. That that's that I completely agree with that. Like, like you get to the point where the minutia of the ritual, I mean, it gets down to you're not in the ritual. Like you're right. not, you're in the minutia of these memorized details that I, at the point at which you can even, from my experience, without extensive practice, like you're not even going to be able to maintain the state or, you know, break yourself down and invest you in that ritual at that point until there's a lot of practice. Now, the, 
I love theater and I love those kind of theatrical rituals for fun. I don't, I know they're not necessary. Um, but at the point at which you're, you're worried about the step to the left or the step to the right at the right time, you're not in. You're not essentially, you're watching a television show of yourself. I mean, that sounds weird, but that's the best analogy of it. You're more watching the mechanics than being in. And that's, you know, that's, that's where I feel so much energy is wasted or, or misplaced where it is, it should be placed in the right itself. You know, uh, the rights I produce or, or put out there are, are complicated in their simplicity. You know, I really tried to make it to the point. I really tried to get that energy out to hit it hard, put it in there. Um, and then that's like, again, putting one's intent and, and energy from their personal reality grid, injecting it, like hacking reality, if you will, or injecting the virus into the, into the consensual reality matrix to actually have change be occur, have, have change occur and be measured by, by others. You know, and, and that's where it's at. Um, but again, you know, I, I believe it is all on a very personal level. It's, it's teaching people, <laughs> teaching people that the, what their intuition is and how they feel about things is actually more powerful than what anybody could tell tell them. Uh, and like what you said, you know, reading reading a book about uh, summoning and actually doing it is vastly different. You know, with, with consider armchair magicians who only read books about it can tell you how to do things all day long, but they've never been in the ritual chamber. They've never done a summoning. Um, and that information that you gain from the workings is, is, you know, is exponential. It's just like there's there's so much to be gained from actually doing a right rather than reading about one. You know, someone could tell you about dates about John D all day long. But, you know, it's like, have they actually like done any kind of working whatsoever? You know, so you have to consider the source a lot of the times with things. Oh, so and, let me get ready. The other thing of... is like. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say it's, it's almost time for me to wrap this up. Uh, if you guys have any kind of, sort of final uh, things to really just want to put out there. Uh, you know, the, the great philosopher Toucan Sam says, uh, follow your nose, it always knows. You know, essentially that's where it's at. Follow your intuition. What you know is right in your heart. Make magic your own. Don't do other people's magic. Use it as a template. Build from there. Be an individual. Don't get on your knees to anything in worship. Um, you know, give honor if you wish, but don't worship anything. Don't degrade yourself. Uh, stand on your own. And, you know, kind of take that power into yourself. And, yeah, that's a, there's a lot of uh, fear in that. But at the same time, there's a lot of freedom in that. And I think that's what we're all trying to achieve at the end of the day. Well, I mean, I think for people watching, I think the, the real big message here is just walk into uncertainty. Just, just take that first step. Just do it. It's okay to be scared. It's okay. And just do it anyway. Like, you're not going to hell. Like nothing like that's gonna happen. Like, just try something. If something weird happens, that's okay. Just kind of roll with it. Take the first steps. Roll with the uncertainty, so you can make the changes that you want to make and can have the life you want to have. And that's we need you. We all need you. Make the change. Try it out. <laughs> don't don't necessarily. Um, don't necessarily rely on the, the strictures of others like, or, or just take that first step. Look at it just from an observer, invest yourself and see what happens. I think for most people, 
you'll be pleasantly surprised. Well, thank you both for uh, taking the time to be on. This was a really heavy uh, philosophical episode, that is for sure. <laughs> um, so before we wrap well, it up, um, Ben, where can uh, people find you? Um, right now, I am working on a, uh, a new project uh, that the website is not up at the moment. So I'm working on on, on that. Uh, the best place to get a hold of me right now is actually through Facebook uh, under S. Ben Kane, or you can always email me at s.bencain at ymail.com. Um, I'm, I will get back to you as soon as I possibly can. I do have a lot of things going on, but uh, I do try to get back to everybody if I can. And those, right, right now, those are the best outlets to be able to get a hold of me at. Andrea? Uh, probably my email address, andreavenomous at gmail.com. But if you're in Toronto, we, I've opened up a store. Uh, so it's Queen City, Carrier and Apothecary. Stop in, stop in, check us out. <laughs> it's kind of laid back. We just kind of hang out. Not, not that scary. We'll give you tea. Not even poisonous tea. I mean, it's really just good tea. It's like, you know, it's not like witch tea. It's just literally tea. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, guys, thanks. This was a lot of fun. And, um, and I'll post links, um, to your books in the notes to this episode so my listeners can buy your books and hopefully they'll do more than just read them they'll actually give some of them a try and take that first step uh thank you again for being on thank you it's been a pleasure all right hang on thank for, you hang on for one second i just have to play the outro